I Read Comics, show number 52. Another movie review show. So once again, you have the movie reviewing team, <laughs> me and uh, Logan the Boy Wonder and Danger Mark. Thanks for coming. And today, we're reviewing the movie we just saw, which is Fantastic Four 2, Rise, Rise of, of the, the Silver Stars. Surfer, or as I like to call it, Why Johnny Storm is the Best Superhero <laughs> Ever. Finally. <laughs> um, so the one thing I want to say about this movie is that I didn't know that Chris Evans was going to be the star yeah, I had no idea. It was not really portrayed the way that way yeah. that Chris Evans was going to be the star and have more screen time than anybody else in the yeah. entire movie. Well, I think that, like I said last time when I went to see Fantastic Four well, one, <laughs> um, at least half the audience are pretty close was mm-hmm. was gay because I think everyone wanted to go see Chris <laughs> Evans with his shirt off and maybe that's you know, and they got their money's worth in this movie too. Totally, <laughs> totally, and and we got a little bit of uh, Sue Storm. Without, not as much as last time. <sighs> yes. True. Sadly. She does seem Sadly. to end up naked each movie. Oh, gee. I can't imagine why they do that. <laughs> um, so overall, I mean, we haven't talked about this at all since we got out of the movie. So um, I was pretty happy. I thought it was great. Oh, man. I'm in trouble. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, I always have a good time with the comic book movies. Mm-hmm. I, I thought uh, there, I had enough problems with the writing on this one and, and some of the acting that it's a rental. I mean, it, it's a great <laughs> Rental for sure, but but uh, yeah, I just it, le- it left me it left me wanting more. Like they they did something they they hinted it enough that I wanted to see more of that I was just left really wanting. My my take on that is when you have like the, the failure of the as they're being called the tre- the threequels or the the tri- um in the last year or so, X Men and uh, Spider Man. They just got too long, and they tried to do too much, and they tried mm-hmm. to incorporate too many characters, and they ran too long. I mean, Spider-Man was about two and a half hours, X-Men was maybe not that long, but... It felt just, like a really long it time. It felt like a long time, because <laughs> there was so much packed in, and then you felt like, oh, with all that that was in there, there still was was not that, that much that happened. In this one, they kept it short to the point, they had one new character, mm-hmm. they brought back somebody we thought was dead, but we knew wasn't, I think. Well, I didn't know he was in this movie. I haven't, I've deliberately not read anything. Mm. Oh, okay, so here's all the spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, turn the podcast off, go see me, we'll come back. Okay, <laughs> now you're back. Um, I didn't know that, that Doom was going to be in this movie. Yeah. I, I knew just because following celebrity blogs, I knew that Julian McMahon had agreed to do them. Right. Uh, and right. it was coming back. So it was a total surprise. We were watching the credits, the opening credits, and I was like, oh, look, it's Julian McMahon. I guess yeah. he's coming back. He's such a good Dr. Doom. He is. He was, he was he good. He is very good. He's very evil. He's got that smarmy, you know, like, I'm... Try, like you could almost believe me that I might be a good guy, mm-hmm. but I'm actually just an evil bastard. <laughs> totally. Um, but that's so. Just my thought. I, what I liked is that they didn't try and accomplish too much. They didn't try and throw a bunch of characters in or really over-explain the Galactus thing, mm-hmm. which uh, in the Phoenix thing, you know, they kind of just really tried to give some new definition as to what the Phoenix was, which flopped. Um, here, I really think that they stayed pretty close to mm-hmm. the, the comic store, uh, comic origins, and. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot, but it also was just a story about the Silver Surfer, and I kind of like that. I did actually really like the comedy, the witty humor, which was in the first one, even more so in this one. There were laugh-out-loud moments, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know. I think that that's something that's nice about this one that you don't get in almost any of the other superhero movies. I think you got some of that in, like, the original... The, fir- the, the first original X-Men. Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah, like, the first X-Men, the first Spider-Man. There were a lot yeah. of... Especially for fanboys, there was a lot of, like, mm-hmm. laughter stuff. The thing, the thing about the length of it is I, I liked it. It was short. I liked it. It was to the point. It was kind of, you know, it was kind of easy in that way. There, I feel like that. I feel like they, they could have made it, like, 15 minutes longer because there, like, there was, like, a part in the middle that they left out. They, they, they told the beginning of the story, and then... All these like change of hearts and everything happened at the end, and I was like, "Where did that conversation happen? Mm-hmm. When did Reed and Sue talk and agree to this thing? Like, why, wh- all of it, and all of a sudden, you know, Norrin Raz got a change of heart, and like, when did 
when did that happen? Yeah. And I, and I feel like they jumped just a little too... I mean, I, I had other issues with the writing, but that was sort of the main thing that popped out in my head. The Sue and Reed changing their mind about disbanding the team, I, I actually think makes sense not to get into too much in the way they didn't get into too much why they wanted to disband it. It was a quick, you know, one-minute scene. Um, because I think that that's what drags movies down, is the emo, like, <laughs> like over-emphasis on the character. Like, sometimes it's good. I thought it was pretty good in Spider-Man 2. It really drug Spider-Man 3 down. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And Spider-Man... Uh, sorry, X-Men 3. I mean, you had the the Logan and, and um, Gene thing, and you had Scott being gone. I mean, all these and things. And the Logan and Scott thing. <laughs> and the Logan and Scott thing in the beginning. Um... But yeah, it's just, I guess that's why I liked it, is that it, the writing didn't get too heavy into the emotional development. Now, I do agree, though, with you that the surfer and his whole change of heart, I mean, that was a key thing in the comics, mm-hmm. where they're able to convince the surfer that he does have free will and that he can oppose Galactus, and they, I mean, they don't turn him good because he wasn't bad to begin with, but uh, they give him the ability to actually stand up for Earth and his, his uh, future, but... Yeah, that totally just kind of changed and, you know, I, I think probably what we were supposed to take away was that Sue Storm was so willing to take a spear for him or whatever, or die for him. That Until you just said that, I actually didn't get that at all. Really? Because oh. the I, way he it, looked at her when... I, I totally that. forgot that she just took a bullet for him, basically, a spear, <laughs> knowing that she couldn't... It's funny, knowing that she couldn't really... Use right. force fields against yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I think that that was the way I, I was watching them actually build that. Right. So she she talks to him when he meets right, her in the woods, right, and right. she's the one who first says to him, "There's always a choice." Mm-hmm. Then she's the one who goes to talk to him when he's in prison and sort of reassures him that they want to help him, and then is the one who's like helping him. He sits next to her when they're in the fantastic car. Right. So I think that they're trying to show that there was some emotional development going on mm-hmm. there, and then she, right, she's the one right. who actually steps I in front totally of him. Gosh, yeah. she makes. Choice, right? yeah, she, she makes, makes a choice, choice to protect choice. him, knowing that by protecting him, they can pre- protect the Earth. So she's sacrificing herself for the Earth in a mm-hmm. way. And that seems like... But, but agreed, they didn't spend a whole lot of time on it, so it just kind of passes by, and you don't see that this, there's this emotional change. But the surfer doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He doesn't talk a lot. You know, he's... He's all internal, yeah. um, which conveys itself better in the comic books, probably when there's thought bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, they give him sort of that permanently furrowed brow thing, so you yeah. know he's, he's deep. Now, the thing is, so I was really, just as a side note, confused about when he's actually with the Fantastic Four. That's a guy in a costume, or he's all CG through the whole thing? I don't know. Do you guys I mean, know? there's a real guy who played the part. So maybe that's him. Yeah, it looked really cool. Did, uh, what's is it called? Well, they obviously did a bunch of uh, makeup and stuff because yeah. his ears weren't really ears, and, and I think yeah. it, I feel like it sort of started around the cheekbone and yeah. went back. But it, it was I thought that so the the transformation of the way he looks at the beginning when he really looks like the way you see him in the comic books, mm. and then once he's separated from his board, <clears throat> he totally changes, and his skin is this different color, and you see texture and everything. the yeah. texture is different, and you can actually see more of his face. Because there's no gloss on it anymore, so I thought you could see more of his features. I think they they changed it significantly. Oh yeah, which was really cool. Oh, you think they changed his features from even from the silver? Yeah, to the, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. I thought so. I, I, have, I would have to see it again and, and look a little more closely, but that's the way it seemed to me. Um, and and it just looked really neat. And I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting that they had him almost as the fifth member of the team when they were going out to um, defeat Von Doom, who was then on the board and everything. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I also really liked the Fantastic Car. That was cool. The Fantastic Car was great. <laughs> and, the, and the scene at the end where Johnny takes all their powers. That was great. That was worth the that price was of really cool. for me. That was incredible. So that yeah. was the kind of thing you want to see. And then he uses them so well. You know, you expect it to be uh, Reed who's... Well, I actually like that Reed, when he gets Johnny's powers can think of the way to save the Ferris wheel thing. And oh, like, yeah. So that's cool. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, Reed obviously being one of the greatest minds. <laughs> of he, the if he does say so himself. <laughs> that was very Reed of him. I like that. Yes. He, t- um, he had some balls in this movie. Right. He definitely stepped up to the plate. <laughs> what I like that, you know, you saw, of course you would expect him if he were to just suddenly switch powers to someone to be able to use them because he's smart. But that Johnny could do it and then mm-hmm. use them so well in that last fight scene with Doom, like, it's awesome. Well, he's been switching powers to people for the whole true. movie. Yeah, <laughs> but, he not, but unable to control them. Yeah, that's and true. So finally he was able to control yeah. them. So I, I was just thinking, you know, the reason that they had to have Doom in the movie was that there was no villain. Yeah. If they didn't have him, uh, right? right? So there was the surfer who's not really a bad guy, but they think he is. And then there's Galactus, which is just this big cloud that nobody knows. And you have to have like an actual physical con- uh, conflict with a villain. 
at the end, because right. it would have been very unsatisfying mm-hmm. if there had been no Doom, right? Because all the, the stuff would have happened. The general was not enough. Yeah, yeah, and really then the Silver yeah. Surfer would have flown off into space, and then it was over, and there was, like, no fight, and everybody would have been like, oh, that was really boring. Because yeah, <laughs> they can't really fight the Surfer anyway, right? Yeah. Because he's too powerful to just turn them to dust, so... Yeah, they needed someone. I actually liked that they brought Doom back. It was good. I I thought it was interesting. In the same way that they kept in all three, I guess not all three, but in Spider-Man, they kept the Green Goblin alive Mm -hmm. in some way. It's kind of like, you know, the arch enemy that you kind of have to have around. And I expect that Doom will be back. I mean, we know that they'll be back because he just sunk to the ocean. He he only sunk. He didn't get flamed and burnt and frozen and then wet again. I don't know what (laughs) happened to him the last time. They encased him in hot... Magma something or other. He'll be back. Yeah. Well, we knew that he would at the end of the last movie when they yeah. put him on the thing and then suddenly like all their electronics are shorting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that he's still alive in there. Um, yeah. one, <clears throat> one thing that I, I was thinking about is, that, is that, so all of these people, Johnny and Sue and Ben and Reed, are all brilliant minds, right? Like they're these incredible scientists. They build all this stuff. Now, obviously, Reed's the smartest. They focus on him. He's really smart. And, you know, Johnny is sort of smart, but he's like the driver of the team. He's the cocky guy. He's the cocky guy. He can fly the planes, even though he never gets to. Um, Ben, they even gave Ben a line in this one. They showed him the photo in there. He's like, oh, it's all wrong. He like obviously can think. That was good. Sue? Yeah. Dumb girl. Like what happened to the writing for her? They they didn't give (sighs) her anything. She never showed that she was smart. She was whining. She was emotional. She was like, I mean, they gave her the smart glasses. They did give her smart glasses. Smart glasses on. That is true. And she had a really nice spray on tan. Yes. You have to say that all over tan. Her outfits were kind of smart, I I guess, (laughs) if you're a boy. Um, (sighs) Yeah, it was disappointing. (laughs) But, you know, maybe they had to write it that way because Jessica Alba's who she is. I mean, she's not the greatest <laughs> actress in the world. She's not going to convince many people she's smart. But, you know, so that was my biggest problem with this whole movie was that stupid subplot about her wanting to retire from being a superhero and have a family and be all it normal. Was so I just wanted to jump up and throttle her because... You know, so she's the one woman, and that's what she wants, because yeah. obviously being married and normal is so much better than being a superhero. Being somebody's wife is the best thing that you could be. Yeah. Right. So much better than right. saving the world. Because who wants to save the world, you know? Like, I, yeah, oh, right? it was awful, just awful. It was Ugh, awful. That made if, me so if she, angry. If this woman is so ambitious and smart that she's like, stu- I mean, she obviously studied in high school. She went to college. She mm-hmm. studied there. She like did a lot of really. She cool got to be shit. an astronaut and do all this. But she's not going to get there and be like, oh man, I wish I could just have babies and you know. Like, well, in this, and in this in this movie, uh, not this movie, but the other movie, um, she's she's uh, Julian McMahon's scientist. Yeah, like, and he's reads equal, and she works for him because she's as smart as, as uh, Julie, uh, Dr. Right. Doom. So, then to like really pull her back in this movie was very disappointing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very sad that they and did that. Can I just say, what was up with the blue eyeshadow? Oh, that was weird, wasn't it? Was it? terrible. <laughs> like, the blue contacts. Yeah. yeah. Oh. In the very beginning. I really noticed. Yeah, it was like huge, just right on the edge of the eye, and really thick and dark, and I get the blue contacts, finally. Like, uh-huh. give Make her look a little more like Sue in the comics, but Still, what was up with that makeup? It was bad. It, it made her look like she was from New Jersey. And I say that as someone from New Jersey. <laughs> that was a very popular look when I was growing up there. <laughs> it's very, it was just bizarre. I did like that um, she used her force fields pretty well in yeah. this movie, but then, of course, she got the bloody nose. You know? the, oh, so I was so happy to see the psychic nosebleed. Yes. So I'm a big fan. I, I think I've told you, Logan, about this, but there's a, um, a guy who has a comics blog called Polite Descent. He's a doctor. And he does like a medical take on comic books. Uh And every weekend he posts scans from comics and he calls it um, your weekend Zen moment of psychic nosebleed. (laughs) And he's been just showing all these different images of people getting nosebleeds in comics from using their psychic powers. And there it was in the movie, and I was like, "Oh, I have to tell him about this because he'll definitely have to put that." She in got there. it in the first movie too. Did she really? Yeah, I, oh. I seem to remember when she was. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, when she, it's what's the first time she really uses her force field? It's at the end. No, it's at the end when she's trying to contain Johnny. Oh and yeah, she gets the nosebleed. Oh, you now you're gonna have to look it up on the on the Intar web. But anyway, I was really happy to see that she got a nosebleed, like right in the tradition of comics. Right, it's like right. A nosebleed. It, and, and, and the movie was as uh, as much as I, uh, my opinion aside, the movie was very true to the comic. Like it was it was pretty campy. It was kind of fun. Like there, there wasn't a, there wasn't a whole lot of like really serious 
emotional. And I mean, they, they, they hit some topics, but they hit them so lightly. Even at the end, and this is a big spoiler, when they when they uh, when she gets the spear and she dies, you know, like that's the biggest emotional moment, and it was treated pretty lightly. It was, it was a comic book. I know. It was well, you knew she wasn't going to die. I mean, that that's the thing is like, oh yeah, I she's wonder. really going to die. Ooh, <laughs> you know, I'm in such suspense. And of course, you knew it was the surfer who was going to save her because who else was going to do it? It wasn't them. Doom wasn't going to come back and save her. Apparently, you can do almost anything with cosmic power. Well, when you have the power, I'm cosmic power man. Cosmic. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah, I knew she wasn't going to die. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I thought that it was very true to the the comic book spirit mm-hmm. of it, and it had a lot of good action sequences. Totally. And and I have to say, so I am so in love with the Silver Surfer. I just love that character, and I have loved him like forever. And I thought that they did a pretty respectful job with him in here, and didn't turn him into um, an evil guy. And they didn't turn him into just a special effect. I thought it was really good that it was more than just a special effect. Because it easily could have been just some really big flashy CGI thing where there was no depth to it. Mm-hmm. But you got to see that, that there was a guy and they did. They went through some of the origin stuff and he you know, told the story of how he had sacrificed himself to save his, his planet <clears throat> and the woman that he loved. Which was good. And then you know, showing him kind of discovering his, his morality again. And then sacrificing himself, supposedly, at the end to save the Earth. So I assume what, what he's doing, we don't really know, but it's that he's channeling more energy from Galactus through the board and then channels so much that he's able to blow Galactus up or send him maybe somewhere else. I guess. So, we like, in the really comics, know. Galactus is still around. Right. He never got destroyed. They right. just sort of convinced him to go away. Yeah. <laughs> Originally. Essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just very confusing. It's, I mean, I think it's meant to be confusing what happens to yeah. him in this this time because certainly there's going to be a third movie yeah. it'd be awesome if they made four instead of the traditional you know three movies that they Fantastic make Fantastic Four Four totally <laughs> that would be good so um, so here it is uh, it's it? actually Goofs um, so as Sue Storm is uh, containing a supernova created by Johnny Storm while they're battling Victor mm-hmm. Von Doom her nose begins to bleed but seconds later, there's no sign of blood on her face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I noticed in this one, you know, there was this shot of the blood sort of running out of her nose, and the next scene, it was kind of smeared all over her lip. That was sort of realistic <laughs> looking, which yeah. I thought was, you know, a good a good touch. It didn't look so stagey. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused about once the spear goes in, when, why and how does it disappear? She disappeared it, didn't she? Did she? How could she do that? I thought she just kind of... It looked like she did a thing. Well, I she thought... She disappears this. <laughs> right, right. That was amazing. I thought that um, Doom made it appear when he was on the surfboard. Yeah. He just kind of like went like this. He put his hands yeah. up in front of him, and it appeared, and he threw it, and it went into her. And then oh, once so he maybe. was gone, oh. maybe it, it just okay. maybe went back it. into other matter or air or something like that because he was that's gone. probably the best explanation. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> you could write this movie. I have probably. In fact, probably. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> any of us could probably have written it. Um, so uh, good. Good Stan Lee cameo. I have to say, that's awesome one. Of the one. Best that was the best one, one totally. that, that they've done. Yeah, that, that was good. A little shout out to himself. Very, very, uh, very well. That done. was great. Yeah, I was happy to see that. Um, and I didn't get a whole lot of other nods to the comic book. I mean, there weren't any of those other sort of secondary characters that they've sometimes put in. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Masters was in it, and yeah. she was good. I like her very much as a character. But they didn't show. Um, any of the other traditional Fantastic Four stuff that you sometimes get in the comics, just like places that they hang out or other people that they interact with in New York. I was half thinking that they were going to throw somebody else in there or at least make reference to them um, and say, like, uh, you know, oh, well, we, had to, we, we called all these other people and they couldn't help us, you know. We called the Avengers and we called Nick Fury and, and nobody could come to help us, so it's all up to you. I thought they might try that, but they didn't It'd do be it. nice or Spider-Man or someone yeah. just because... That is kind of what it, uh, yeah. what's so cool about the Marvel Universe is that they're all in the same general area, just yeah, fighting different battles. Yeah, they live in New York, so I thought that they might have done that. Um, it was interesting that they killed um, uh, the general at the end. I wasn't yeah. expecting that, and that was a pretty good special effect. So Doom sort of throwing a, a power ball at him or something, okay. and then what? he turned into, like, crystal. And shattered. Yeah, er, he looked like yeah, he looked almost papery. It was it was a cool effect. For yeah, sure. it was yeah. very good. What are you looking up now? I'm just looking up various other trivia that might come from the movie. <laughs> Somebody says that they think they heard a friend of theirs told them that Jessica Alba doesn't isn't even really in the movie. It's CG the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I think she was in the movie. It yes, looked, yes, it this is looked pretty much like her. That that scene at the beginning with. Um, 
Reed's bachelor party was pretty silly. I mean, it was funny. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they could have cut it a little bit to add more time for plot. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> you know? So it, it was it was fun and, and it was amusing to see. Um, because you always think about how superheroes use their superpowers like, like yeah. for dancing or just doing normal sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that was cute. I, I like when um, Johnny first gets his... Uh, his bits scrambled and starts absor- absorbing the other pals. I really enjoyed the when Sue turns into flame and she's outside. And she's like, "I'm on fire! Help me! Pull me in!" Reed's just shocked, and and then you know, John, my favorite part is when Johnny goes, "Flame on!" and turns invisible. It's just so cute. <laughs> it's not overly explained or you know given too much effort or anything. It's just kind of cute. But I, you know, I think that's what I like about this movie. I liked about the first time. Uh, I mean, with the first movie, it's, it's kind of cute. Like, they definitely incorporate a bunch of the punchiness mm-hmm. from the earlier, you know, 60s and 70s type stuff that some of the, I would say, you know, definitely X-Men 1 did, but 2 and 3 didn't at all. And to me, that's what was missing in the second and third mm-hmm. movies. Spider-Man, you have it, but it was so focused right in the middle, you mm-hmm. know, of each second and third movie where it's like the little montage scene. Mm-hmm. And I just like the little bits of, like, Funny, funny lines and funny things, and then of course Chris Evans with the towel again. I wonder, I wonder if it's just going to become a staple. You know, <laughs> the third movie and fourth movie will have it too. I almost felt like there should have been a little uh, thing flashing at the bottom that said fan service on it, just so you would know. Okay, here it is, coming up right here. This is the scene. Pay attention. Yeah, I think that we had it twice in the last movie, so only once this time. But it was an extended scene. It was an extended scene. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, so the one other fe- so the one other female character in this movie because there were only two, right? <laughs> um, was the the woman whose name was apparently Frankie, who was the assistant to the general. Right. Um, and I thought they actually did a pretty good job with her. That she was, you know, the one woman who turns down Johnny Storm, mm-hmm. and, and she calls him on on him being a jerk and saying that he's narcissistic and self absorbed. And then when he tries to pass it off on, you know, the whole switching powers thing, she kind of shoots him down and says, no, that's just the way you are. Yeah. And then, you know, the fact that she ends up being his date at the wedding, whatever, <laughs> you knew they had to do that, you know, they, they couldn't avoid it, but you know, that was good. Yeah. And, and, uh, at least they had one other female character in the movie. Yeah. And she, and she was a, she was a good, good, strong character throughout the film. The end, I, I, I don't know. But I don't know what to say. But but it, yeah, I thought she she really she really did a great job of calling him down. She really hit it, and I like that. Fine, she's his girlfriend, but she did it. She she became his girlfriend after he showed that he's actually a hero and can sacrifice himself for for the good of others. And yeah. you know, okay, here's what I understand. I just remembered a thing that confused me. In the end, the sur- the surfer's like flying up to Battle Galactus up through the funnel cloud. And he, he feels something on his board and turns around. And Johnny's there holding mm-hmm. on and says, I thought you might need a hand. What? Why does he stop? Is it because he's shocked at what he sees? Or is it because he can't go through, you know... Space. Be, yeah, there's no air. There's space okay. again. Well, I mean, there would technically be air if Galactus was sucking up everything. And, okay, I'm that's just true. Saying. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I agree with you. But I think that was it. He just was too high and maybe okay. he couldn't breathe again or something. All right, maybe that was it. I just felt weird why they even threw that in there. Maybe because he'd already proved himself a hero. Why? It kind of felt like a overstretching a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was, I suppose, trying to show that final moment of solidarity, like, yeah. you know, we're really with you. Yeah. You know, that's the first scene where he came tumbling back to Earth and he landed in the tent, mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. That was I, I found that amusing. <laughs> He's, it was stupid, but I liked it. Yeah. He, his character was, I mean, I won't say well acted, because Chris Evans isn't the best actor out there or anything, but it was funny. Like, he's always funny. He was funny in the first one, funny in this one. And the, I laughed at, what, at the at the wedding. You know what I'm talking about. When they're at the oh. wedding, and he's like, Johnny, no, go get funny. it. And he's like, well, total deadpan. So the amazing thing is, in the preview, <laughs> it says, but I just bought this talk. So yeah, that's what I was waiting for. And then he says, but this is Dolce. <laughs> that was amazing. It was a much funnier line. Yes. So no. they, I'm sure they did that on purpose, right? So they showed the version Mislead in the you. previews. Yeah, and then when it came to the film, they showed the funnier line. So yes, that was hilarious. Yeah. I was really glad they did that. I liked that his, his uh, suit with all the, the patches on it, all the endorsements, looked like a NASCAR suit. <laughs> it, did. it did, yeah. Exactly like that. That was really good. And I thought that it was very true to Reed Richards' character that um, he would at first turn down the government and say, mm-hmm. no, I'm too busy to do it, and then immediately go home and start doing it anyway, <laughs> because that, that's, that's his character, yeah, you know? That's that definitely his character. He's, he's a scientist, and he always wants to do the right thing, and he's intrigued 
about this anyway. Yeah. So he would never, ever turn somebody down, really and truly, and not get involved in it, because that's not Reed Richards. It felt to me, visually, that they trimmed down the gray in his they hair. They did, I noticed that, I didn't yeah. Like that. I mean, he, Reed has got these huge, like, <laughs> stripes of gray on his hair, so why? I just don't, I don't know, it felt weird. Sometimes you could barely see it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so, uh, just a quick FYI, the uh, guy who played Silver Surfer, the yeah. body guy, yeah. uh, is the guy who was Abe Sapien in Hellboy. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay, and the voice of um, Larry well, Larry Fishburne, Larry as I like Fishburne. to call him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew it. God, you know, I can't he, believe I didn't put that together. He was Larry Fishburne back when he was on Pee-wee's Playhouse. He was on Pee-wee's Playhouse? Oh, yeah, he played Cowboy Curtis. Lawrence Fishburne? Larry yeah, Fishburne? Larry. Larry Well, Fishburne. I remember. I know he was in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, when he was like 16. Yeah, when he was a yeah. kid. And then he was in, he was in Pee-wee's Playhouse shortly thereafter. Oh, wow. I he was great. Know. In fact, I heard that they were trying to get him back for the Pee-wee's Playhouse movie. Yeah. To be that character uh, uh, again, which wow. would be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw um, Pee-wee Herman himself uh, was As on, Paul Rubin or as Pee-wee Herman? No, as Pee-wee Herman. Made really? Made his recently on, on some, at some award show or somewhere. And was all photographed and oh, wow. they're, re- they're bringing him back. Yeah, because of the, they're trying to make a movie. Another one. Yeah. Wow. A okay. new, different Pee-wee movie. Yeah. yeah. So he's out in character again. Wow, that's mm-hmm. cool. I love he's Pee-wee's much heavier now, but well, yeah, he's like twenty years older. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing what else uh, the Abe Sapien guy, uh, Dove so Jones, is his name. Pain's Oh, and he was one of the gentlemen. I don't know if you guys ever watched Buffy, Mark. Uh, I don't remember how much Buffy you'd ever seen. Some the, my favorite episode is Hush, and it actually oh, won an award. Where like right. the whole episode, but right in the beginning, in Buffy, they all lose their voices because mm-hmm. these guys are there, these bad guys, and they're walking around stealing. They need to get seven, I think it is, um, innocent hearts, mm-hmm. and they need them live and beating. And so they have to. What they do is they silence the whole town through magic, and so no one can hear anyone scream. So. Almost the whole episode is done silent. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you hear sounds, but you, no one's talking. Mm-hmm. And so the acting is all just, just done through facial expressions and things. And, and the cool thing is that it, in, that's also the episode where Buffy and her um, military boyfriend, she doesn't know he's military, he doesn't know she's the Slayer, they find out while they're silent. So Abe Sapien guy, Doug Jones, Silver Surfer, is one of the gentlemen, and he's one of the evil, scary like guys who floats around and like looks scary. And so I wonder if he's like a stuntman. It looks like he is. I'm I'm looking at his credits here. He's got a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. He's pretty buff. Yeah. He looked good. Yes. (laughs) They didn't show his ass, though. Almost ever. They showed John... Oh, there was one scene where John was walking in his his suit, and it's just like... Oh, look. There's his butt. (laughs) That was also another fan service moment, I think. But um, I, I was just impressed with the way that they were that they did the whole surfer surfing on his surfboard. Mm-hmm. That was that so was very cool. powerful. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. And the the effects of him, you know, with the snow and making those big holes in the earth and going through the trees and all that was very, very good. Totally, I would have liked to see a little more cosmic rays shooting out of his hands. Yeah. we got to see that, I guess, with Doom when he steps mm-hmm. on the, the board. I knew from the very first second that Doom showed up that that was what was going to happen. <laughs> that that's what he wanted. I was like, I mean, Reed probably... Of course. What I don't like is that Reed's like, okay, I'll agree to work with you. Knowing that he doesn't trust him and that you can never trust Doom. And then just seems to look the other way when Doom disappears. And even Sue sees him building something. And she's like, okay, well, just get back to the lab. Hello? <laughs> I mean, you guys know that this guy's evil and will turn on you. Like, they just forget about him. It's just very disappointing that that was... I mean, I guess it probably happens in the comics, too, which is why he keeps getting away from yeah. them. But well, I mean, they had to do it or else there wouldn't have been a movie. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's just annoying that that they just forget that, oh, yeah, he's probably got some other motive that probably involves this awesome piece of power. <laughs> I, I, I buy that Reed didn't notice, right? Like, he gets, that's his, he gets focused, obviously. Yeah. Like, he puts his wedding aside to go build this thing and blah, blah, blah. But, but, but again, Sue. Yeah. Like, like or, she didn't immediately leave and go, hey, Reed, you yeah, know, like, did you know that Victor is building this secret thing and I saw it on his desk? Why yeah. Look at what it is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> obviously, he's hiding something. And Sue, you know, she's just, you know, she's just a girl in this movie. She, yeah. like, doesn't pay attention what about to these ben, things. Though? I mean, Ben hates this guy with yeah. every ounce of his being. And um, we know that just because when, like, Victor first shows up, he, like, nearly kills him. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Ben watching him around every corner? I don't know. I guess just I feel like if they're going to introduce this evil character, there should be a little more suspicion on the part of the Fantastic yeah. Four. I, I guess I'm thinking about it now, and they didn't make this clear, but you could intuit that um, the government was 
protecting Victor mm. and maybe not allowing the Fantastic Four to be to be spying on him and to be always aware of what he was doing. That he but, was sort of hiding behind the government. Yeah, well, at the, at maybe. the yeah, maybe. I mean, at the end, that was true. But there's the encounter where Sue goes up and is like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Like, yeah. like obviously, she anyone could go talk to him and kind of check out what he's doing. He was hiding this thing on his mm-hmm. desk under a napkin or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, the, his hanky. Yeah, and I mean, it was like, ah, it yeah. just. Yeah, I agree that it was it was a little hard to buy. Yeah. And I thought that that particular scene was a really a lost opportunity to to do something with Sue and make her more. More, show more respect for her character, right? So she goes up to him, and he's hiding something under his dinner napkin. She could go figure it out. Maybe. She could figure it out, and then she says to him, she threatens him, and she says, "Did you know that I could put a force field in some inside someone's body and expand it until they explode?" And he says, "Give it your best shot." And she just kind of looks at him, yeah, and then says, "You should get back to the lab and walks away." Like, wouldn't it have been more effective for her? To actually do something, yes, and for his body to start expanding, or something. to or to just like shove him psychically, or just something to show that she actually does have power, and she's not just threatening him, and it's an empty threat. Mm-hmm. I really felt like they should have done something more with that scene instead of just kind of well, looking at him and pursing her lips. And yeah, I mean, away. I. I, I think that it's true to her character that she not actually physically harm him like they're do-gooders. They don't harm mm-hmm. people. But she could I, have shoved him. She could have shoved him. <laughs> she could have also. She could have also like. You know, sort of snuck back later and looked at the yeah, thing, or like been too. been like the sleuth of the team or something, and mm-hmm. maybe she could have actually built the sort of back door that would safeguard them if something happened, mm-hmm. like you know, some sort of homing beacon on, or like not a homing, a homing bomb or something, mm-hmm. so that when shit went down, it'd be like, oh, I've actually got the solution because I was smart enough to do that. But they instead decided to make her a girl, or, or she builds maybe the second uh, version of the tachyon emitter just right. in case you a know, handheld one, that's right? Nice. Mm-hmm. So that so that when you know, inevitably, uh, that would have been great. That yeah. would have been great. Perfect. Right. We're, you oh. gotta, you gotta write the next one, Logan. <laughs> uh, see, Hollywood just doesn't think that way. <laughs> Hollywood doesn't have Logan. That's the problem. Yeah, because they're going. Can we get more close-ups of Jessica Alba's lips? I'm mostly mm-hmm. convinced that writers, whether it's movie or TV, don't spend enough wa- time watching movies and TV. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong. But. The ability for me to sit and watch the TV that I watch and then call out the lines before they happen. <laughs> it's true. I do it I've been all there, the time. It's true. Movies, TV, and I'm. And sometimes it's good because you want to, you know, have the expected thing happen. But other times you're just like, come on, guys, like work a little harder. Yeah. And I wonder if they just all fallen into this camp of, oh well, you know, I've got the greatest new line. I'm going to write it, and you're like, no, that's the same line that's written every time somebody gets in this situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I don't know. So it was um, interesting, you know, we were watching the previews and they were showing the Harry Potter previews and that, mm. looked, that looks pretty awesome. Did you hear me freaking I out? I did hear you freaking <laughs> out. You were you were getting all crazy over there. Oh, it um, looks so freaking good. I, I know. I was ready to throw my soda in your face just to make sure. <laughs> but And, and I watched the, the X-Men movie was on TV the other night as well. And I, I think that one of the things that they can always do with these movies and that they should do with these movies, um, what X-Men did and what Harry Potter has done is cast... Um, real actual actors who are totally free to to not I don't want to say overact but really inhabit those roles and show off their acting chops and just be there as these strong presences in movies and the Fantastic Four movies haven't taken advantage of that so in X-Men you had both Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen who are wonderful I mean I was mm. watching that movie again I haven't oh. seen it in a long time and even though they don't get that much screen time you know Hugh Jackman has a lot more screen time <laughs> as as uh, Wolverine and uh, there's even more of Famke Jansen, I think, than, than Ian McKellen total. But I think it's really good to have actors like that to kind of ground the rest of the cast and mm-hmm. just be there as this very solid acting presence. And yeah, they can go a little crazy and, and push the boundaries of, of what would be good, but I think you, you need that in comic book movies. So I, I think that they should do more of that. So maybe in the next Fantastic War movie, they'll have some kind of villain that they could cast an actor. You know, a really, mm-hmm. really good established actor, and just let them go mm-hmm. nuts. I was, we were talking about watching the uh, the original X Men because I caught just one scene. But I was flipping through channels the other night, and the one scene was when uh, Charles Xavier is in the squad car with um, Jean Grey, and Ian McKellen's walking out with uh, mm-hmm. Rogue, and he's got Toad and and uh, Sabretooth in. Xavier takes over their minds because their minds are protected by the helmet and, and they grab him and, and there's this, this dialogue. So, uh, Xavier's talking, but talking through, I think it's Sabretooth. Sabretooth. And so then, um, uh, Magneto's talking back to him and, 
it's maybe a 45 second long scene, but it captures the whole like battle between Magneto and the X-Men in, and and the reason why it was possible was because of those two fantastic actors Mm -hmm. and, and the way they're just able to be subtle and yet impactful. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I mean, I think with poor, poorer actors, uh, they have to resort to bigness to get things across. Yeah. Or yeah. boob shots. Which <laughs> or boob shots. Yeah. Or, you know, Definitely. muscle shots. So my other observation about X-Men, uh, after seeing it again, having seen it, was that um, Hugh Jackman is really hot, but Wolverine has the stupidest hairdo ever. <laughs> it looks really dumb. <laughs> I, I have, as someone who's dressed up as Wolverine more times than I care to mention, <laughs> it's a really hard hairdo to capture. And I think in the movie they did... Uh, as good a job as you possibly can, given what they do I, in the comic book. I agree, but it still looks stupid. It gets better, <laughs> so it gets better in the. Uh, it gets better in the second and yeah. third movie. But that's the challenge with comic book movies. I mean, these the, on paper and and in mm-hmm. you know digital coloring and all these painting, like they look amazing. You put you actually take a photo of somebody in a suit like that, they look like an idiot. They're running around in tights. Yeah. I, you know, so you, it's 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 hard to actually be true to the comic and mm-hmm. also look. Cool. Yeah. Which I thought they did a good job in the X Men movie. You know when they and they, and they started. It was around the same time I think they did it in the in the actual comic book when they sh- they switched their suits over yes. to something that was more. The suits are cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, a little black, the black leather, leather civilian kind of. Yeah. Well, I like the getting back to um, Fantastic Four. I like the suits that they had in this movie, which were modified from the ones they had mm-hmm. in the last the, movie. The big old packages that read. Yeah. And Johnny had those were huge god pieces. It was hilarious. And I was really glad that Sue didn't have high heels. On her boots, mm-hmm. they had a little bit of a heel, but they weren't like high spiky stiletto things that she had to run around in. Oh, they were they were spiky in the last no. one. I didn't even know. No, no, no. But they they would do something they, like that. They could have gone. They could have. They could have done that, and they didn't. So that was and good. She's not her her. Yeah, uh, she wasn't wearing like a counselor Troy outfit. Right. Where, it's definitely got yeah. a little bit of a collar, but it doesn't drop down. She does show her cleavage in that one oh, scene. Yeah, one oh scene. my god! And she's like, Reed, you need to relax, and it's like <laughs> I know. almost falling yeah. out of her. Yeah. Oh. Let me put your head right between my tits, right here. <laughs> yeah, what was with that dress she was wearing? Because <laughs> you know that's the way I dress when I'm just hanging around the lab. Oh, yeah, totally. In a in a sheath dress that I can't really walk or move in <laughs> because it's so tight or breathe for that matter. Well, again, it's. It's why I think Fantastic Four, the first one, did so well in the theaters. Is people, straight guys went to go see Jessica, <laughs> and the gay guys all went to go see Chris Evans with a shirt off. I think the gay guys might have also gone to go see the straight guys, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody won. Everybody wins. <laughs> but definitely in this one, you got a little bit of that again. It, wasn't, it didn't feel... I mean, the theater wasn't that packed. I was a little no. surprised. I don't think this is going to be selling as well as the first one, mm-hmm. but it's also a lot of movies this summer. There are, are a lot all of targeted at the kind of the same audience. Yeah, definitely. Well, the Transformers movie. Oh my god! And the Harry Potter movie. They're both this summer. Yeah, they're oh, both in July. Man, I'm yeah. so happy. And right then now. Um, the Simpsons movie is when oh, they said know. it when we were yeah. there. That looked really funny. You know, basically a it Simpsons, did look funny. It looked hilarious. I mean, a Simpsons movie to be successful. July as well. Yeah, July. Basically, is going to be. 90 minutes of jokes about every three seconds. And I'm good with that. I'm totally <laughs> awesome with it. That one scene in the preview where Bart lands on the cafe window oh, was so was awesome. It was so, it was so funny. So there was well so done. much stuff in it. And it's so fast. It's just uh, unbelievably fast. And that's the way it's going to be. So, yeah, I'm, I'm real happy about that. I don't see how it's going to be uh, on IMDb yet. But, yeah, I think that the just the previews were a mix between sci-fi awesomeness and then what you're making Daddy Daycare too. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! What it, what it was a real mixed bag. It that was, was a mixed bag. That was really strange. Underdog, interesting live action choice there. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't kind of CG that like they did with Garfield, but maybe they learned their lesson under Maybe which yeah. sucked. I loved Underdog. Oh, he was great. I yeah, I think that it could be cute. It, could it be looked. Really it good. looked like there. I, I remember watching it, being like, "This is going to be stupid," and then kind of going, oh, "Maybe I watch it. It looks kind of funny." It or... was Jason Lee's voice, right? That we heard. Yes, it was totally Jason Lee. Which I was just watching Dogma before I went to the movies tonight. So I, you know, Jason. Lee I like the it. fact that you were typing "underdog" and you typed "under god" three <laughs> times before you got to that. <laughs> no, 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 that's dodgeball. <laughs> 2007, right there. It's Why is there one for 2007? It must have already created a sequel. Uh, yep, Jason Lee. Yeah. Who's the girl dog? Amy Adams. Who's that? Amy Adams. Wait, where? 
Oh, sweet. She plays Sweet Polly Purebred. Um, I don't know who she is. Oh, she was in Junebug. Uh, She's in The Office. Cool. She's in Talladega Nights. <laughs> She's been in a lot of stuff. She's in King of the Hill. So Junebug was one of the... Mark, I think we well, watched that. She was in Smallville. Um, what did she play in Smallville? Mm, just some <laughs> one-off episode. She's in Buffy. Cruel no, she's in one of your, your favorite things. But I don't remember her from yeah. those movies. I don't know. I definitely was. remember her from Junebug, which is one of the independent <clears throat> movies where the art dealer and her boyfriend go back to the boyfriend's family home in the South, and it's like she's not in her element, and her suddenly her boyfriend is a very different person when he's back in his element. So anyway, I remember her from that. She's good. Hmm. Um, was I? Yeah. What else was I looking at? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, w- weird previews, definitely. But it says Jason Lee's the voice of Shoeshine Boy. Well, that's what Underdog is when he's not being Underdog. Oh. Like, <laughs> that's weird that they wouldn't just call him Underdog there. Maybe if they're protecting a secret identity. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so one thing I'm surprised I haven't seen more previews for yet is another Chris Evans movie that's coming out this summer that is also sci-fi. And maybe they're doing it because they don't want to... Oh, yeah. It's just called Sunshine. Yeah. So it's... Oh, right. We saw previews for that before, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And I've seen them on the internets. But basically, it's... Uh, the sun is dying out, and a group of scientists and others go out in some ship that has some nuclear fission fusion cold something or other that's supposed to reignite the sun. And somewhere along the way something goes wrong and they're the they're man's last hope because the earth is locked in some winter you know like a not nuclear winter but something like that like in king uh sorry final night in this in the comics which is one of my favorite comics because it's when uh how comes back as parallax and sacrifices himself to uh save the earth anyway comes back to the greenland he does (laughs) (laughs) but uh but anyway i'm surprised we haven't seen a preview for that since it's chris evan sci-fi you'd think that There'd be some overlap with this movie. Maybe it's different studios, so... Yeah, or maybe they just wanted this movie to be kind of over before yeah. they started... It's, it's in July, it's though. I mean, it's coming up in three or four weeks. So. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen hardly anything about it on TV, either. Well, I wanted to say um, one more surfer thing. There's a... Um, I think it's a, it's a six-issue mini that's coming out from Marvel now called Silver Server Requiem. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, J. Marco Straczynski is writing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I read the first issue, and so far I really, really like it. The... Yeah. the the art is sort of hit and miss. I think, I can't remember who the artist is, um, but the Silver Surfer art is beautiful. Like, the surfer just looks great, and there's, there's lots of shots of him cruising through the cosmos and all that. The way the Fantastic Four are drawn, I think, really sucks. They, they just look ugly and blocky and not very good. Yeah. They don't look like themselves. And the premise of it is that um, the, the surfer has somehow intuited that there's something wrong with him, so he comes back to Earth to have Reed find out what's going on, and it turns out that he's dying. So the explanation is that when Galactus made him the surfer, um, that the silver coating that was on him is, like, part of his body, and it's thousands of years later, and it's finally, like, wearing out. Mm. So when his skin finally gives out, he'll die. And so that's the whole first issue is him coming back to Earth Mm. and finding that out, and then he decides to go back to um, his planet, to Zenla, before he dies, and, and I don't know what's going to happen in the rest huh. of him. But I think it's one of those like you know alternate universe things, so it's yeah. not supposed to be in regular continuity. We, we did see that in the movie a little bit, where he yeah. heals Sue and his skin starts yeah, to fade. Yeah, it's, it's like flaky. It's his, yeah, you know, it's cool, but I, I, I really like that first issue so far. I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Yeah, I've seen it. when I, I actually saw it today when I was at the comic mm-hmm. book store, and I wondered if I should get it. It's kind of hard, you know, with, you wonder, because there's so many Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. Silver Surfer uh, stories out there right mm-hmm. now. And you know it's kind of, they're taking advantage of, this, of the movie, of so I just wasn't sure if that one would be any good. But Yeah, well, the first issue is so far good, although it does suffer from total decompression. Like, mm-hmm. it's one whole comic that could have been done in probably six or seven pages. Yeah. <laughs> flip, 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 flip. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think... That's it for me. Okay. So, I'm, I mean, on the whole, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it quite a bit because I also, just one quick comment. Um, so, I know that Rotten Tomatoes, which is called Aggregates, People's Reviews, gave it a very low score of 39%. However, the three reviews I read uh, on Friday were all basically saying, yes, 
this is not a great movie. We, we get that. Like, this, when compared to other movies as a real movie, not great. But if you, if you evaluate it for what it's trying to be, an action movie that doesn't get too deep into emotions and stays short and to the point and has some great action, action scenes, it's, it's great. Like, it really delivers on what it's trying to deliver. And I feel that I agree. Like, I, I felt that way about the first one, too. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow me away. Mm-hmm. I could see how it was enjoyable. And that 90-minute time really helps. It really does. Because, totally. you know, I really felt at the end of Spider-Man 3... <laughs> I was just waiting we for it the, to be over. Well, we got to the good stuff in the last 15 minutes. And I'm like, you know, I could have missed that, uh, like a whole big chunk of an hour in there. Except for there were all these parts that weren't there that we wanted that to be there, but really they included way too much, and I really liked. I actually have a um, a rule about, and Mark, you might remember this about chick flicks. Um, and essentially, my rule about chick flicks: if it's ninety to ninety-five minutes or shorter, absolutely I'll watch it because typically those will be the good ones because you can't overdo something in ninety minutes. In more than ninety minutes. Oh, in ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. Or sorry. Yeah, after 90 minutes, like, it really starts to get... So, you know what? I think people... Someone's going to do this, I know, and it's not going to be me. But when Spider-Man 3 comes out on DVD, someone will re-edit it and take out all that crap in the middle and make yeah. it a 90-minute movie that has a beginning, a middle, and an end with lots of really good action sequences, and that's going to be a great movie. That would be a great movie. <laughs> I think more... You know, I think that the Batmans and the Supermans really need the, the extra, you know, the full two hours because there's a lot of character development and stuff. I don't feel that... The purely action-oriented ones, uh, X-Men should have kept it... The first movie is 90 minutes, mm-hmm. and the first movie of X-Men is freaking it's awesome. Yeah. I just Like we were saying, we just watched the other night. It's short, it's got a whole bunch of jokes in it, and a whole bunch of action, the end. You know, and then the second one and the third one get really long, same thing. Uh, Spider-Man, and I feel like both Fantastic Fours have been 90 minutes-ish now. And they're doing really... Uh, they do They do it for me. So I'm hoping <laughs> that the third one will... Third and fourth. I'm just going to keep saying that. If you guys out there in uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers land here, that's the third and fourth Fantastic Four movies. Hopefully we'll stick to the 90-minute realm. Yeah, I, I definitely go see a Fantastic Four 3. I really like... I, I just love... The action was great. I love seeing Johnny at the end. Like, that was... It wasn't just the same... You know, us working together to do the thing. They had, like, a new twist on mm-hmm. their powers. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, you know, the writing, the plot, the weak character development on Sue. There's, like, a lot that I didn't really love about the movie. But, again, for what it was, you know, I went to go see a comic book on screen. Mm-hmm. I went to go see an action movie. I went to go see something that wasn't that deep. So I, I'm pretty happy I went. Um, you know, and if you're looking for something light and, and really easy to digest, <laughs> yeah. and you can kind of turn off your, you know, plot hole detector... <laughs> You're going to have a great time. <laughs> so, um, what do you think the Wolverine movie is going to be like? Is it going to be an angst fest, or is it going to be a good action movie? Hmm. I can't remember. Is it supposed to be a... Um, I have no idea. Is it? Can you look it up? Yeah, I can't remember if it's supposed to take place before or after. Um, well, I guess... It, I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything. I thought I thought it was... He's he's going... I thought he like goes to find it's out... Equal. It's, it's a prequel. Where he came from, but it's told in flashback or something? Maybe I made that it up. It says... Pre- uh, this will, oh. like, uh, sorry, IMDb. A prequel to X-Men. Wolverine lives a mutant life, seeks revenge against Victor Creed, who will later become Sabretooth, for the death of his girlfriend, and ultimately ends up going through the Mutant Weapon X program. That's cool. I mean, that's kind of some... That follows the comic story quite a bit. Uh... Okay. And we're just reading this here. So I guess it's going to focus more on the mutant thing. Huh. After learning little information with the help of Charles Xavier, Logan takes his search even further by learning the full truth of his origin while also heading in a bold new direction. What does, what does that mean? It sounds, it sounds like they, they probably start, you know, now. Maybe after the second movie? After, oh, hopefully. I mean, the, sorry, the first movie. Like, because it's a prequel to... The X-Men, right? But if he's getting Charles Xavier's help, we know that, remember when um, Professor X gives him a little help Mm -hmm. in the beginning, or in the middle of the first movie. Isn't it the first movie? Yeah, yeah, he he does. Yeah, yeah, he he tells him where to go, and that's when he, yeah. I wonder if this... Well, it could be told even after the third one, where he's like, okay, now I'm going to go... I got some help from Xavier before he died, and now I'm going to go find it, and maybe it's it's told in flashback, or maybe they, you know, maybe they go that route. It's just that it says a prequel to X-Men, which makes me feel like... 
Who knows what that means? Yeah. That could mean anything. I hope the bold new direction thing means that um, he and Scott finally get together. Because <laughs> that would be really, uh, really good for me. I would really like that. So, the Magneto movie is slated for 2009. And it's the, a look at the early life of Eric Leshner. Lencher. Lencher, <laughs> And his friendship with Charles. Uh, so, I, I didn't... Wait. Let me scroll down. And it see. doesn't they say... Don't have anybody they don't have anybody in it, it yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. So what's going to be the next Marvel movie that's out? Is it Wolverine? That's 2008, right? 2008. Oh, Iron Man. Oh, Iron, Iron Man, Man is the next Iron one. Man. Yeah. When is that coming out? Is that Not like... soon enough. Oh, 2008. I really want to see that. May Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that looks so freaking So awesome. Okay, so next year is going to be Iron Man and Wolverine. Oh, cool. And then Magneto, it says 2009. A lot of metalheads and... coming up. And what is, let's see Superman, when that one's supposed to come along. Um, no, it's not even on there. I don't even have it on here. Hmm. And oh, is it, is it because it's Superman? What was it? Superman, Superman Returns, Returns 2? Yeah, they're not. Nope. Huh. It would, be, it would be listed here. And then Batman is next year. Batman The Dark Knight. Which that looks awesome. Looks awesome. Just from the leaks and they leaked... Um, the pictures. The Joker picture. The Joker picture. Yeah. Mm. And, and now the costume, uh, the new costume. Which I think looks... Gr- I was talking to Chloe about this. I, I think it looks great. I think the the costume looks... It still, you know, still shows that he's really muscly or it's like still mm-hmm. built to look like a muscle suit. But it's not... It's not just muscles. It sort of looks like it all has a function. It's a utility. It looks, it looks utilitarian. Yeah, it and the great. thing that they did, like, letting him move his neck around more yes, was brilliant. Like, jeez, totally. I can't believe Why it took did them they do so that long to do Five that. Five movies now. Um, what I did like, or what I noticed that one of the, the costume designers said was that it's built to look like it's a whole bunch of pieces put together to give him all these abilities, and not that it's finally some finished product, because this still is Batman Begins, and I, and I like that they've thought that through. Yeah. Um, I do miss that the cod piece has shrunk in size. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, as I said in my in my vlog earlier today, um, t- you know, uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman has to have some pretty huge nuts to pull off some of the stunts he does, and, you know, huge nuts require a big cod piece, and mm-hmm. now he doesn't have it, so, I don't know, just, there's a disconnect there for me. <laughs> Just a personal preference. Yeah, well, you know, there's things we all want to see in our superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some good movies coming out next yes, year, but next I think year. this summer. I mean, July is jam-packed, so Transformers, Harry Potter, if you're mm-hmm. into that sort of... I mean, it looks even if you're great. not into Harry Potter, this fiction Check movie this one looks out. unbelievable. It's an action movie. Yeah, totally. full-on action movie. Um, Sunshine, mm-hmm. which I think is July, um, and then The Simpsons, Simpsons movie. totally. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Yay. Alright, um, I think that's it, you guys. Are we all done? I'm done, yeah. Okay, that's great. So, next time, um, more comic stuff, I think. And then, uh, probably Transformers movie will be the next movie movie. Absolutely. Okay, cool. The Fantastic Four, starring Reed Richards, Sue Richards, Johnny Storm, Ben Grimm. <laughs> Oh!